This week on the Iowa Watch Connection. Tonight there's three, for instance, so I'm trying to hit all three. Luckily, two of them happen to be in the same place tonight. It's the middle of the legislative session, and everyone wants to get a lawmaker's attention. There are two or three talking points that all the folks from the Cedar Valley are ready to, to, to visit with legislators about. Activism takes a variety of forms. As we have engaged and informed citizens, we're communicating with their lawmakers. Lobbying our lawmakers, our topic this week. The Iowa Watch Connection is presented by the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism, online at iowawatch.org. Here is Jeff Stein. As I pulled my vehicle near the state capitol building in Des Moines on a Tuesday in late February, I found it took quite a while to find a place to park. As I made my way into the building around 10.30 a.m., seating was at a premium on the bottom floor. The tables that crowd the hallways near the food servers were all taken, some by people who had hung signs above their chairs designating their group affiliation or making it easier for lawmakers to find them for scheduled appointments. The prime real estate on the second floor rotunda near the governor's office had already seen a large group from AARP wearing red vests to attract notice, part of their annual lobbying day at the Capitol. As midday approached, the tables had been reset with material concerning social work in the state and a new group of interested staff and volunteers ready to supply lawmakers with ideas and information. And noon saw an annual presentation with lunch commemorating Black History Month. But that was literally just another day at the Capitol during the legislative session. There was even more activity the week before as collective bargaining reform bills were debated all day and into the night. Getting the attention of lawmakers takes a variety of forms. Sometimes it's as part of a group, sometimes one-on-one, -on -one, sometimes from paid registered lobbyists, sometimes from organized citizens. In fact, as I was preparing this program for original broadcast last February, I got an email legislative alert from one professional group to which I belong, advising me of legislative bills of interest and concern that are moving forward in the process. The professional group indicated its opposition to one of the pieces of legislation and urged me to contact the appropriate committee members, whose names and contact information was conveniently included. A web link was also provided so I could find my own legislator or contact the professional group's lobbyist so I could inform him of my contacts so he could follow up. Later in this program, I'll speak with one of those paid lobbyists about the work he does. That same Tuesday evening, I made my way to the Embassy Suites Hotel in downtown Des Moines, a few blocks from the Capitol. It was the annual legislative reception sponsored by the Greater Cedar Valley Alliance and Chamber, a group based in Waterloo and Cedar Falls, serving a nine-county area and its economic development efforts. We had about 50 people here this evening, and the reason that we do an event like this in Des Moines is for really two reasons. Steve Dust is president and CEO of the Greater Cedar Valley Alliance and Chamber. Number one, uh, every year we have an agenda. Uh, that we want the legislators to consider that's important to the Cedar Valley. And so there are two or three talking points that all the folks from the Cedar Valley are ready to, to, to visit with legislators about. And the second thing is just to, to let them know what the momentum is, what the, what the dynamics of the Cedar Valley, get in front of our legislators and let them know that we're interested uh, in what they're doing 
and supportive of it. So it's kind of a two-way street. We want to reinforce the message of the Cedar Valley, and at the same time, we want to, to let them know what's important to us. So obviously, that many people coming down here, they right. take time away from work, yes. there's a cost involved. Hosting the lawmakers, there's a cost involved. How do you measure success? We measure success at the end of the session. You know, part, like I say, part of it is just goodwill. We, we want uh, not only legislators, but also the department heads uh, and elected officials, uh, like this evening we had the auditor with us and some department heads. We want them to, to feel good about the Cedar Valley and the professionals and the, the volunteers that represent it. And then we look at the end of the session and say, okay, how did we do? Did we get the things that are important to us adopted or, or at least considered this year? So that's the way you have to look at uh, events like this. How much of this is competitive? In other words, tonight apparently alone there are three similar events yeah. for lawmakers to go to. Yeah. Is a part of it you have to do it because other regions are doing it? No, not, not really. That's not been our motivation anyway. But it, it is important. We don't have a, a lobbying day, if you will, for the Cedar Valley. We prefer to do it in a, a more relaxed social setting. There are a lot of other organizations that take the same approach. So every year when we come down here, we're competing with somebody uh, for the time of these legislators and the department heads and so on. We're very gratified this evening with the kind of turnout that we had. Uh, and uh, uh, so we, we apparently are, the, the word's getting out that the Cedar Valley uh, treats people well. About 30 of Iowa's 150 representatives and senators attended the Cedar Valley event. One of them was freshman Republican Ashley Hinson of Marion. I'm an interesting case, especially why I'm at this one, because my husband has a business in the Cedar Valley. Um, he actually makes that commute up 380 every day. So for me, it's a, it's a personal thing as well as a professional thing. Obviously, I have a lot of connections all over the state. Uh, that, that helps when you're a lawmaker because you can understand how policy impacts not only your district, but all districts over the state because a decision does impact a lot of people. And so I think this is a great way to make those connections and, uh, and show people that you care about your connections as well. So in addition to being at the Capitol all day, then there's a series of these virtually every night. How many of these do you attend in a week? Uh, anywhere from, I'd say, 6 to 15, it depends. Uh, tonight there's three, for instance, so I'm trying to hit all three. Luckily, two of them happen to be in the same place tonight. Um, but you maybe grab a bite to eat and a drink at one, then you go at another, you have a glass of water, then you drive to the third. I mean, so it can be a, a challenge to make it to all the receptions in one evening. but. I'm a first-term legislator, so it's important to me to try to make as many connections as I possibly can. Do you find yourself saying, I know I need to be here, but I can't do everything, and you then have to run the risk of offending someone who later might notice that you weren't at something? Yeah, and that has happened. And you know what I've tried to do is if I'm cognizant of who was at that that I might have missed, I try to reach out to them personally. Um, to let them know that I am sorry I couldn't make it or whatever. And I've actually been tied up at the Capitol some nights. I have a couple bills running right now that I've got a lot of amendments on, for instance. So tonight I know after I'm done here, that's what I'm going home to do. I could have very easily been tied up at the Capitol doing the same thing tonight. So I think it's, it's an interesting conundrum to be in. Okay, i got to work on this policy, but I need to make these connections too. So it's, uh, you have to prioritize your time here, and that's something that uh, is true every single day. Also stopping by the embassy suites was Democrat Senator Rob Hogue of Cedar Rapids, the Senate Minority Leader. Well, it's really helpful to hear 
uh, what's happening in people's communities because it's part of the mosaic of what's happening in our state. And, you know, uh, Democrats, and as the Senate Democratic leader, is, is important to me, we care about good jobs with good wages and benefits across our state, good schools for every Iowa student, uh, health care security, um, those types of things. And so it's helpful to be able to visit with people who are from diverse backgrounds to see what's important to them. So I'm really excited to be here uh, with the Cedar Valley Group. And of course, you know, very proud of the work that uh, Jeff Danielson and, and Bill Dossler are doing in the Iowa Senate uh, on, for uh, the benefit of the Cedar Valley. So it's important for me to be here for, for that purpose. We typically have a lot of groups in here and, uh, you know, my, my goal would be to try to get to everyone because you don't want to uh, shut people out. But the reality is uh, with the other commitments that we have, you know, we try to get to um, one or two a night. Um, and sometimes even that's not possible. So, for example, if we've got a lot of legislative work to do, that can't happen. And, and you know, one of the problems is sometimes uh, when things are happening at the Capitol, we kind of feel bad because the groups have put a lot of effort into coming down here. Um, so we really try to be accessible. We had visitors this week from social work students from all over the state down at the Capitol today, and I met with a lot of social work students. And it's really inspirational to see the enthusiasm that these young people who are coming down to the Capitol as part of their social work curriculum have for advocating for the people who someday they hope to work with. So there are lots of, there's just a lot of benefits to having citizens come down to the Capitol, either at the Capitol or in Des Moines for uh, receptions, because it's a way, it's, a, it's just another way for us to communicate with people. And, and here's what's on the mind of Iowans. Everyone who hosts one of these receptions has an agenda. So how do you filter through all that information from those who very clearly want something from you? We obviously have um, ourselves and we have staff and we do due diligence on every issue. Um, but, it, but it becomes part of the mosaic. And so for example, one of the things that's interesting is issues rise up because multiple people are talking about them. And one of the big issues uh, that's been rising up lately is, the, is a real urgent need to do something on mental health in our state. Um, we've got um, multiple counties in our state that aren't even able to fund under the current state law and how that, that works, aren't even able to fund the basic core services that their region is supposed to be providing. Um, so that's part of the mosaic. Well, we gotta address that issue. That is not an acceptable place to be. So it is, it's really helpful to just visit with a lot of people and it becomes, um, you know, it becomes the background that we consider as we act on issues. I will say this too, every so often a single person comes in with a single experience or a, or a single uh, example, and it can transform a legislative session. Not the biggest example, but I remember when we had uh, students come down in support of a program called IJAG. And I remember one of those high school students telling me that if it wasn't for the IJAG program, she'd still be in the juvenile system. And, you know, we spend, at the time, we spent about a half million dollars a year as a state on IJAG. And I walked away from talking to that young woman who told me that if without IJAG, she'd still be in a system. And I said to myself, that story alone is probably worth a half million dollars because that's a life that's been transformed. And think about all the victims who would have been affected if she hadn't been able to have that opportunity to transform her life. So so state government can do good things and it's important for us to hear from a lot of people about the things that state government is doing or could do 
to help make their lives better. Coming up, a conversation with one of those who makes his living trying to influence the work of legislators. That's next, as the Iowa Watch Connection continues. Support for the Iowa Watch Connection comes from the Iowa Insurance Division's Iowa Fraud Fighters Program. This statewide initiative educates Iowans on how to double-check before they invest and shield their savings from scammers. Thousands of Iowans have attended fraud fighter forums across the state to learn about new scams circulating in their area and how to stay a step ahead of fraudsters. Learn how to fight fraud and why it is important to report scams at iowafraudfighters.gov. The Iowa Watch Connection radio program is part of a statewide audience engagement project organized by the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism, an independent, nonprofit, nonpartisan news organization. The center is dedicated to producing high-quality investigative and community affairs journalism in Iowa, while also training journalism students to do this work at a high ethical level. The center is found online at iowawatch.org. Welcome back to the Iowa Watch Connection. I'm Jeff Stein. I mentioned earlier that the Tuesday in late February when I was in Des Moines was AARP Day at the Capitol. Later that afternoon, I spoke with Anthony Carroll, Associate State Director for Advocacy for AARP at the group's offices on Court Avenue in Des Moines, just a few blocks from the Capitol building. In full disclosure, AARP in the past was a financial supporter of this radio program. AARP is well known. It is a brand name that you've worked hard to establish. So why is it necessary to have a specified designated lobby day when your office is literally a short walk from the Capitol? That's part of our brand in and of itself. We have over 370,000 members in Iowa. And since our foundation in 1958, our founder, uh, retired school personnel who went out, uh, found one of her former employees living in a chicken, chicken coop, advocacy has been a cornerstone of what we do. So specifically, grassroots activities and av advocacy, having Iowans who are members from across the state go talk to their lawmakers, helping uh, them educate them on different issues like family caregiving, which we're talking about today. That is critical to our success. We don't have a political action committee. We don't endorse candidates. Our only power comes from active citizens, or as our founder, Ethel Percy Anders, used to say, useful active citizens. And that's really what our organization has been about. And that's, what we, that's, that's, our, that's how we work. That's how our, we are effective, as we have engaged and informed citizens who are communicating with their lawmakers. So as I go to the Capitol, it doesn't matter when I go during session. There are at least two or three different groups who have designated that's the day where they will set up tables and they will have banners and they all have something to say. Is there the risk that what you do just gets lost or is it a matter of since everyone else is doing it, you have to be there? Having a lobby day up at the Capitol is a tactic. If that, a tactic is not the same thing as a strategy. So for us, our, our strategy, we're very open, is, again, engaging and informing Iowans. And if you think going up to the Capitol for a day is, is, the, is the way to have an impact, then you're you know, quite surely uh, are going to be less effective. So 
bringing um, people from across the state who want to come to the capital is part of the equation. But I'll tell you, as important as we have people who are going to visit their state lawmakers back at their local um, coffees uh, around the state, uh, contacting them with phone calls, developing that relationships, and keeping in touch with lawmakers. Look, you don't have to be a member of AARP or any organization to contact your lawmaker. What we do is try to give you the tools and information to be better more and more effective. Now, in terms of evaluating how other groups do it, I would just say uh, lobby day in and of itself, yes, there are multiple groups that have lobby days. Um, whether you're effective or you have an impact, I can't speak for them, but I can tell you if lobby day is like the way you think you're going to have an impact, then you're not thinking um, clearly enough about how you can be effective. Your business card says advocacy as something that you do. And before we started talking, you called yourself a lobbyist. That has a connotation that to many people is negative. Uh, lobbyists like lawyers, like different professions, are different people, different styles. I can tell you as uh, the registered lobbyist for AARP, my number one job is, once again, informing our members. So, yes, part of my job is to talk to lawmakers. I don't run from the fact, in fact, I embrace the idea that advocating on behalf of Iowa's 50-plus population is part of my job. But the most important part of my job, my day, is connecting and communicating with Iowans about what's going on at the Capitol. That's absolutely critical. And then, first of all, it's up to them to decide whether they're going to engage in that or not. But speaking, you know, to your question, you know, lobbyists, at some level, it means you are tracking policy. You're trying to influence policy. And that's absolutely, that's my job. My job is to influence policy, to try to improve it, perfect it, um, uh, uh, to improve the lives of the 50-plus population. Sometimes that means uh, trying to help defeat bills. Um, whether you're, you're talking about a legislation we're working on to try to better support family caregivers, it means the, the, the heavier lift of trying to pass good legislation that's going to have a positive impact, in our case, on the lives of the 50-plus population. So, um, but the majority probably what we do is maybe improve legislation, try to make suggestions to legislation, so our laws are, are more uh, informed in our case, by the 50-plus population. So if you lobby for another group, maybe you're trying to impact it for another set of the population. Uh, you know, m yes, advocacy is what I do. It's a cornerstone of the part of my job. And in this case, my job is to try to improve the lives of the over 300,000 Iowa family caregivers. That's the law we're working on. But on a day-to-day -day basis, I don't know what issues we might, might be working on because, um, you know, I don't set the agenda of what lawmakers are talking about. Um, I, and along with um, involved volunteers, I can ask them to work on policy, but it's up to people who put their name on the ballot and got elected to decide what the agenda is. I, and whether you be a registered lobbyist myself or a citizen lobbyist, hopefully um, we can impact legislation and in, there, and in doing so impact uh, the lives of Iowans. And, and my, my hope is to improve the lives of Iowans 50-plus. How much would you say, and it may vary depending upon the makeup of the legislature, and it may vary depending on the year, but how much of your day is spent on the proactive side as opposed to the reactive side? Up at the State House, the majority of my time is more being reactive monitoring, right? Uh, but, uh, but that's not the only thing I do. I don't spend my, all my time up at the State House. I'm also back here, or, or even if I'm at the State House, Perhaps I'm, uh, you know, uh, sending an email to our members or communicating with our members. So 
I would say uh, up at the state's house, the majority of, of any lobbyist time is to monitor, uh, decide where and they're, where they're going to weigh in, what they're going to weigh in, 60 to 70 percent of the time. Uh, up at the state house, thirty percent of the time, proactively trying to work on um, you know passing good legislation. Um, but I would flip that equation because the majority of our time, you know, kind of as a whole of my time as a whole, because you know sessions only here from January through April, it's more like um, eighty ninety percent. We're trying to you know move forward ideas. For instance, last year as an organization, we, our whole focus and we spent months and a lot of time across the state, especially in early states like Iowa trying to get our future president, whoever it was, uh, to say that they're going to commit to updating Social Security so it's here and updated for current and future beneficiaries. We know that's expectation. So I guess maybe that's a long way of saying is my job largely is trying to um, proactively work on legislation, but my time up at the state house, yes, is more reacting to what ideas, what bills are moving, how can we impact, um, defeat bad bills, or more likely improve bills to its uh, so they're more reflective of the needs of Iowa's 50-plus population. You better have done your homework. You better have done your local work. Um, so when it's, once it gets uh, to the leaders' times up there as they're trying to move bills, it's easier for them to move it because they know the people that elected them back home uh, have an expectation that they're going to work on. So that's where I, that, that equation flips. Up there, of course, you're more reacting. But to get legislation passed, whether you're talking about the Iowa Capitol or the federal Capitol, it's a lot of homework and a lot of legwork engaging citizens around the state and country. Anthony Carroll, Associate State Director for Advocacy for AARP. We spoke at the group's offices in Des Moines in late February. And that brings us to the end of this week's program. We're back again next week at this same time. In the meantime, you can connect with us online, iowawatch.org. Click on the Iowa Watch Connection tab at the top of the page to listen to all or part of this program again for a list of stations that carry the program and more. iowawatch.org. I'm Jeff Stein. Thanks for joining us, and we hope you'll make the Iowa Watch Connection again next week. The Iowa Watch Connection is a copyrighted presentation of the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism, which is solely responsible for its content. For more information about the center, including how you can contribute so high-quality investigative and community affairs journalism and student training can continue, go online, iowawatch.org.